Good morning again, everyone. Uh, I hope you've had a good week. Uh, today we are picking up pretty much where we left off last week. Uh, but to recap, in case you missed it or have forgotten, uh, I basically argued that our Western individualistic culture uh, massively shapes and forms us, uh, and not in particularly helpful ways uh, when it comes to community. Um, because when Jesus called his disciples, uh, his invitation wasn't to a weekly service. He invited them to leave everything and follow him, to join his new community of disciples. And in many senses, uh, it's no different for us. The particular outworking of it may look different, uh, but you still have to let go of everything to follow Christ. And the invitation is still to join his community of disciples. Uh, it's in that context that we're invited to learn from him um, through his word by the spirit, uh, to learn to live and love just like he did. And Jesus' command to his disciples was that they love one another, just as he had loved them, with the same kind of self-giving, selfless, sacrificial and servant-hearted love. Uh, Jesus believed that would serve as a revelation to the world of the truth about him. He prayed that his community of disciples would be perfectly one, just as he and the Father were one, so that the world might see the supernatural love of this community. And in doing so, somehow they would come to believe that he was from God. And Jesus called this community a family, his own family, over and above his biological family, which sounds radical now, but was even more countercultural then. And so I asked us to consider... Do we really believe, as I recently heard Andrew Wilson put it, that the blood of the cross is thicker than the blood of biology? Because that changes things, right? Um, if we truly believe that our truest family is the family of God, uh, then that changes how we interact. It changes the nature of our relationships. And so I want, what I want to do this morning is to take some time to flesh that out a bit uh, and give you some more concrete ideas of how church as family uh, might be expressed in our context. Uh, but let's be clear from the start, uh, I'm not trying to get us to act like something we're not. Uh, I don't want us to try and act as if we love one another, uh, like we can't fake this. Uh, as Paul says in Romans 12, our love has to be genuine. We should have genuine brotherly and sisterly affection for one another. And so the first step I suspect many of us need to take is to pray. And some of us may need to repent because we are blessed to be a blessing. That's what it's always meant to be a part of the people of God. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed not just for our own sake, but for the sake of others. We are loved that we might love others. But as a, an individualist, uh, it's easy for, to forget this. Uh, I tend to assume that as long as I'm being blessed, then everything's good. Uh, and so I sometimes need to repent of that way of thinking and, and to turn from it and remember that God wants to bless me and fill me with his love. Yes, for my sake, but also for the sake of others. Now, that may not be you. Uh, some of us may just not be feeling blessed at all. Um, but God's desire for you uh, is still the same, uh, to fill you with his love so that you might overflow in love for others. Uh, and so wherever you're at, uh, I want to encourage you to dwell in the love of God, to abide in Christ, as I mentioned last week. Remain in his love, brothers and sisters, not just for your own sake, but for my sake, for the sake of us. Because... 
in a family, there is codependence. I am not independent from you and you are not independent from me. We rely on one another and are invested in one another. I participate in your joy and share your grief. We have the real capacity to encourage one another, as we're told to in Thessalonians 5.11, and and genuinely to bear each other's burdens, as we're told to in Galatians 6 verse 2. Now, if we want a, a good way to grow in this, I'd recommend we start out by just praying for each other. Now, not just when we're together, but by daily bearing one another up in prayer. Uh, Because as Paul has previously said, we tend to pray for the things that we care about, uh, but we also find ourselves coming to care about the things that we pray for. Uh, And James 5.16 says that we should pray for one another. And so I reckon that's a good place to start. Because I believe that when I pray for you in the spirit, I will begin to see you as he sees you. And so I will find myself loving you because Christ loves you. Uh, I will will find myself loving you. uh, And so as I'm filled with his spirit, I will come to feel about you the same way that he does, uh, which is always and forever love. Um, So let's let's dwell in the love of God, uh, not only for our own sakes, but for the sake of our brothers and sisters who will be most blessed by us when we ourselves are most thoroughly blessed. And so be full of the love of God and then pray in love for your brothers and sisters. Uh, If we were to commit to doing this as a church, if this was all we took home from these talks, uh, then I think we might find a lot of the rest of it kind of working itself out. Um, But I've got another 10 minutes, and so I'll carry on. Um, So here's another application of all that I've said. Um, I believe that being Jesus' family uh, means that we serve each other uh, and share stuff. Uh, Because in families, that's what you do. Uh, Hebrews 13 verse 16 says... Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. And actually, I I love that this is already a part of our life together. Uh, I've done my fair share of DIY in the last few years, uh, and I've never known someone be unwilling to lend me tools. Uh, It's pretty common for bags of clothes or toys to appear on our doorstep because someone from church um, has given or lent them to us. Uh, Rachel and I once went on holiday uh, to Croatia, Uh, Because brothers and sisters in Jubilee uh, felt led to use money that God had given them to bless us. And I believe this is part of what it means to be family. An older couple in the church that I grew up in, actually, uh, felt led to fund me and my sisters through university. Now, that's the kind of thing that people do for their children. But they understood that God has put us in a family together. And whenever we moved house, there's always been people who've been up for helping us moving out. And I know I've been called in to help with other people's DIY many times. And I think we cleared out the Gordon's previous overgrown garden twice. And not only are these sacrifices pleasing to God, but they also build our relationships with one another. And it's never felt contractual to me, like a sort of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours thing. And I think this is the way it should be. We're a family. And so we help each other out. And I don't think this is just kind of British niceness. I I think the call to share what we have is a reflection of the fact that as born again Christians, we have given up everything to follow Jesus. And so everything that we do have now actually belongs to him. Every part of our new life is a gift from him given to bless us that we might go 
and be a blessing. I wonder how many of you um, have been long, around long enough to remember my old friend Matt Sawyer. Uh, he was a paramedic student when I arrived in Coventry as a fresher, uh, and he had a car. Uh, and he was the only student I knew who had a car, uh, and so he did a lot of driving people around. Um, and so I remember when, when Rachel and I got our first car, I, I kind of felt the responsibility of it. And, like It was my name on the paperwork, uh, but I had this sense that this was a tool that God had put in my hands. Um, I knew not everyone has a car, and so as far as I was reasonably able, I wanted to use this tool to bless others when I could, um, even when that was a sacrifice. Galatians 6 verse 10 says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, uh, and especially to those who are in the ha- of the household of faith. And we are the household of faith, the family of God, and so we give each other lifts. And you know what, I've, I've had some pretty good chats with people actually in the car over the years. Uh, serving one another is perhaps one of the best contexts for building Christian relationships. Here's another application. There will always be people among us uh, who don't live in stereotypical nuclear family homes. Um, And I think those are often perhaps the people who feel it most when we don't actually believe or behave like we're a family together. If you're a single person for any reason, I believe that you should find family in the people of God. I believe that if we are a family, then loneliness should have no place among us. Psalm 68 verse 6 tells us that God puts the lonely in families. And to paraphrase Rosaria Butterfield, I believe he intends to use us as living proof of that. And so all of us who experience true community need to consider it a blessing. A blessing from God that he intends to extend out through us. I believe true Christian community should always be reaching out to invite others in. And that's not just an invitation to join a serving team and a small group, important and valuable as those things are. It's, it's an invitation to the very centre of Christian life, which I believe isn't the Sunday gathering, but the home. Our homes are where Christian family life gets lived primarily, with all its joys and difficulties and mess and mealtimes. Now, I think many of us are wired to see our homes as a retreat from the world, our own personal private retreat. Uh, But I want to invite us to consider this morning, where do we get that idea from? What if our homes and family life are a blessing from God, a blessing that he intends us to use for his kingdom? What if the home isn't just a place of private retreat, but a place of kingdom advance? What if the command to share what we have goes all the way down to brick and mortar, washing up and weekly traditions. And there's no, there's no judgment from me here. Like we're all on a journey together and I'm, and I'm certainly not saying that unless you're living with other Christian people, uh, you're not living as the family of God. Um, because we're not at the moment. Um, there are all sorts of considerations and circumstances involved, but There is, this morning, an invitation to at least ask ourselves the question. Have we sacrificed everything into the hands of God to become disciples of Jesus? Or has our cultural mindset meant that our living arrangements were never on the table? I believe sharing home life um, is at the heart of this idea that we are a family. uh, Because it's in the everyday stuff that we come to know one another and are truly known. 
uh, not just who I'd like to present myself as to the world, but who I truly am, the best and worst of me uh, in the day-to-day joys and struggles of life. I think that's part of what it means to be in a family. Uh, If there isn't anyone who knows me that well, if there isn't anyone who actually sees me for who I am, then I don't believe the true depth of the love of Christ is ever going to be fully expressed between us. If we are praying for other, as I mentioned earlier, and, and living life together, then you will come to see me how Christ sees me, even with all my failures and shortcomings and sin. But you too will love me because Christ loves me and his spirit dwells in you. This is being the family of God. And now I'm not saying you have to have an intensely intimate relationship with everyone in the church, but I don't really think that's our issue. I think we are far more likely to feel like there's areas of our lives that no one else knows about and that we'd rather keep it that way. I think there are many of us who have hidden shame and anxiety because there are things we don't want people to know. Like if people really saw what I was like sometimes, if people really saw every dark corner of my life and heart, surely they would reject me. They'd see me for the fraud that I fear I am. Surely they wouldn't love me. But Jesus came to deal with our shame, shame before God, but also before others. God called us into a family where not only does he love and accept you, but so do your brothers and sisters. We are called to communicate and express the deep love of Christ to one another. And if none of our relationships ever go any deeper than the surface level, then I think we miss out on that. I believe that if we're to live in the reality that we are family, then there should be brothers and sisters in your life who know you, like truly know you. Not just the version of yourself you might like to present to the world, but all of you, warts and all. That James 5 verse I mentioned earlier about praying for each other is actually in the context of confessing sins to one another. And I believe this is a part of what it means to be family together. Dietrich Bonhoeffer puts it this way. He who is alone with his sin is utterly alone. Christian family is where what is in the darkness is brought into the light. And I find that the very deep love of Christ truly dwells in my brother. That he sees me and yet he still loves me like Christ does. And what an amazing peace that brings when we realise that not only has God reconciled me to himself, but he's reconciled me to brothers and sisters who I get to share life with. Romans 15.7 commands us to accept one another. And what joy there is when we don't feel like we're hiding from one another. Because we know that we are truly accepted in this family. I don't see how we can truly demonstrate the love of Christ to one another without those kind of relationships. Now, of course, if you're going to get that close to people who are still works in progress, you know, who have issues of their own, then you are also going to get hurt. And I think we have to acknowledge that from the start. In fact, to be honest, even if we hold each other at arm's length, I still think we're going to hurt each other. But again, I don't see how we truly demonstrate the love of Christ amongst ourselves without ever demonstrating mercy, grace and forgiveness. If loving each other like Christ loves us means anything, surely it means forgiving one another. And again, this is a direct command from scripture. Be kind to one another tender-hearted and forgiving one another just as God in Christ forgave you. 
That's Ephesians 4.32. And I've run out of time, um, but I think that's a fitting place to end. Uh, and so I'll finish with a prayer. Uh, Father God, uh, thank you that you have made us a family in Christ. That because of his work, we are one. And so I ask you that your word would land in our hearts by the power of the Spirit. Uh, Jesus Christ, we long to be a community that reflects your character, a family that operates beyond our own human means, uh, but instead in your supernatural love. Would you lead us uh, in adventures of obedience to you? Uh, we love you. Uh, be glorified in us, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you very much, uh, and I'll see you soon, hopefully.